Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. And this week we're talking leaf-footed bugs, stink bugs, and maybe some of their lookalikes that might get you a little bit confused. The weather is warm. Summer has certainly hit us, been turned on, and you guys probably still have some of your veggie gardens, maybe some tomatoes still in the ground, some peppers. And you might, now that there's no rain, knocking some of those eggs and keeping some of those insects from being able to breed on your plants, you might now be starting to notice, if you haven't already, some pests on those plants. And one thing that I get a lot of questions about is this kind of arch nemesis of a veggie gardener. Stink bugs and leaf-footed bugs. Really common on tomatoes, but I also see other species in the fall time, especially on oak trees. Huge, giant, really scary fly out of the tree and scares the heck out of you. I've seen some species on cactus. What else do they get on, Wizzy? I find stink bugs and leaf-footed bugs. Most of the calls I get are on tomatoes, of course, because everybody loves their tomatoes and are obsessed. But peppers, eggplant, I've gotten them on sunflowers before. Like They'll actually feed on the seeds of the sunflowers. And I had them one time on all over the the flowers of a yucca, which I found really weird. I mean, not that I care about that. I wasn't going to eat it or anything, but it was just a good photo opportunity for me. And then um, pecan trees, people that grow pecans and actually want the nuts, the stink bugs and leaf-footed bugs can feed on the nut clusters and damage those. Is it the green stink bug that gets on the pecans or is it the brown one? No idea. I feel like I should know this, that Bill Ree should have taught me this. I believe it's like Bill, green we stink miss bugs. You. I know. I think it's the green ones that are like a major pest on pecans, right? They inject with their saliva into the pecan as it's developing, I believe. And so they can, you know, that spit like drills a little hole in and then they can insert their mouth parts in and then they ruin the, the, the nut. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> Which I mean, on the, on the outside from the damage that I've seen the outside of the nut, it just has like that little spot from where they stuck in their mouth parts. But then on the inside, the nut is not formed the way that it's supposed to be, I guess. And, you know, if we're completely wrong, then Bill's going to like hunt us down and be like, I told you. (laughs) We'll have to redact again. And then we'll have to ask Bill to be a special guest. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah. So if on tomatoes specifically, I feel like on cactus, on the yucca, on some other plants, the plant will, it's really just not worth treating for them, right? The plant will live through it. It, the, The damage isn't so significant, but on tomatoes, especially and peppers and some other fruits, they can, on tomatoes, especially it's weird what their mouth parts will do. It'll either like make the fruit hard and then it's, it never really ripens. It's really bitter, even though it's red or there's like a chewed out or like a rotten spot. And so they ruin it. But then they also, even when the plant has not produced a whole lot of tomatoes yet, they stress it out. It stops blooming. It stops making the tomatoes for you. And so it just kind of overall stunts the growth and makes it look pretty sad. It doesn't give you what you planted that tomato plant for. And I find that that it really frustrates people because once they become adults, that's what we recognize as leaf-footed bugs. And we often don't recognize the babies, which is the best time to do the treating because they're stuck. They can't really fly off. They can fall, but they can't really fly. They have no wings. Yeah. The babies don't have wings, but the adults will, you know, you try to treat and they fly off. 
I always say they're like ballerinas. They touch that plant with the tips of their toes and the tippity top of their mouth part. So they don't like rub their body all over it like a caterpillar and really get that pesticide contact with the plant. And so they can be really difficult unless you spot treat or handpick or somehow get that pesticide directly on them. What recommendations do you usually give to people for controlling those leaf-footed bugs on tomatoes? Well, first of all, go after the immatures because the nymphs are not only incapable of flying away because they don't have wings, but they're also smaller. And I find smaller bugs are easier to kill, especially if you want to go with the quote unquote organic or, you know, less toxic pesticides which generally have a, a shorter residual, which is why they're not as like potent a lot of times. Right. Right. So they're not lasting as long in the environment and that sort of thing. So if you're really on top of things and you're monitoring and out there looking and you find them when they're immature, then insecticidal soap is going to be more than enough to kill them. Or a lot of times I'll tell people to get a handheld vacuum and suck them off the plant or hand picking can, depending on your population and how many plants you have, that may be an option. If you do hand pick, I always tell people to wear gloves because I know I have been stabbed with their mouth parts multiple times. And it, while it's not excruciating pain, you know, it's kind of startling. And the other thing is the, the stink bugs and the leaf footed bugs both have those scent glands that Mm -hmm. they can release if you're picking them up and getting that stuff washed off your hands is so difficult. And that smell just, it's gross. It gets into your pores. Yes. It just doesn't (laughs) go away. And also if you hand pick, they're really fast little boogers. If you think you've got them and you're just chasing them around that little tiny tomato, they're quick. I found that you, I can kill a bunch of them by sucking them off with like a little dust buster or those little bug vacuums that you get at Target or something. But um, a gardener once taught me one time and it's been really effective. I thought if they're clustered on a leaf or a, a tomato and the plant is not very big yet, then just take a little cup with um, rubbing alcohol at the bottom and give a good flick to to the plant or the tomato and they'll fall off into it and they die mm-hmm. in the alcohol. If you, if you don't like alcohol, I guess you could use soapy water or something, but more than just regular water. Or if the plant is relatively large, then take a, a cookie sheet or something, a shallow pan and place it under the plant with rubbing alcohol and just jar the plant a few times and see how many you can get to fall off. It, you may not kill all of them, but you'll reduce that population somewhat. And maybe that will help quite a bit. Yeah, that's a great idea. So something that we haven't talked about is what they look like. Oh yeah. I, mean, I think some I think a lot of people know what stink bugs look like, leaf-footed bugs maybe, but these are going to be in the adult stage they're going to be shield-shaped. So stink bugs I I kind of say that they're a pudgier shield. So yeah. they're not as elongated whereas the leaf-footed bugs are kind of stretched out and more elongated, but they both have that shield-shaped structure. And then leaf-footed bugs get the name leaf-footed because they, not all of them, but a lot of them have a expanded area on their hind leg that looks very similar to a leaf. And so that's where they kind of get that name from. And these are insects that have piercing sucking mouth parts and they're going to stab into the plant or whatever part of the plant that they're feeding on. It can be, you know, fruits or foliage or whatever. And they're going to be sucking the juice out of that. So it's going to cause damage. 
usually um, yellowing, browning. It can cause distortion of fruits or foliage or whatever. Deformed leaves. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a significant population, it could probably lead to, you know, browning of the plant or even death if, if you have enough. But that would be quite a lot. You, you did it on purpose if that happened, I feel yeah. like. It's like <laughs> sacrificial land. <laughs> tons and tons of insects. So the, the thing that I have a lot of people ask me about, and I don't know, maybe, maybe your people know more, but what about a harlequin bug? That is a type of stink bug. So stink bug is kind of the overarching category or common name. And then there are specific types of stink bugs. So harlequin bugs are one. We have a, uh, of course, you know, brown marmorated stink bug, which is Mm -hmm. in the news several years ago. We have green stink bugs. There are um, spiny stink bugs. What else? There's that one that looks like tree bark that's actually beneficial. So not all stink bugs are bad and feed on plants. There are some predatory stink bugs as well. So just because it's a stink bug doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Most likely you're going to be coming across stink bugs that feed on plants. (laughs) Yeah. And if it's a, if it's a good stink bug, there's usually only like one or two, right? But if it's a bad stink bug, they tend to aggregate and you'll find many of them in one spot. I always say a gang of bugs is up to no good. So if it's, if they're all all together, then they're probably bad guys. Assume that they're bad guys, predator, you know, the good guys, the predators are like, you know, you wouldn't see like a hundred mountain lions within an aisle of each other, right? They spread themselves out so they don't compete for the same food, but bad bugs could care less. They all just go after the same thing. Yeah. And the immature stages can look very different from the adult with stink bugs and leaf footed bugs. So I actually just this morning, I got a picture and they're like, are these beetles? And it was just like, no, those are cute little tiny stink bugs. They're adorable because they have this like rounded shape and they were like this little dome and they're, they're just so compact and cute. And the immature stages don't have fully developed wings. They start getting wing pads as they progress through the different nymphal stages and stink bug nymphs. A lot of times I think can be really pretty and have like gorgeous, gorgeous Mm -hmm. designs on them, like great coloration. And as for leaf footed bugs, this is where your, your rule, a gang of bugs is up to no good. That's a great one to keep in mind because a lot of times with the leaf-footed bugs, they can look very similar to some of the assassin bug immatures. And so with assassin bugs, you don't want to kill them. They're beneficial. Mm -hmm. When people are always just like, well, how do I know if this is an assassin bug or a leaf-footed bug? And I was like, well, technically you need to look at the mouth parts. And while they both have piercing sucking mouth parts, they come from different sections of the head. And, but who's going to look at mouth parts other than us? (laughs) You know, they they don't care. Especially if you're talking about piercing sucking for both of them. Right. If you do want to look at the mouth parts, the bad guys always have long mouth parts that go like in between their legs. And the good guys usually have a really short, I always say it looks like Gonzo from Muppet Babies. It looks like it his does. nose. It's more like yes. a beak, The right? way that it curves around. Uh-huh. Yes. I never thought That's of what that. it reminds That's me perfect. of. But, but then I started realizing, oh, you could also really look at the shape of the head. If it's an assassin bug, it almost has a neck. It has like a skinny head. And that makes sense to me because they have to look for their prey and reach out for it with their little beak. Whereas the 
in general, the, the, the stink bugs that are bad, that are sap suckers have like a big fat head that just goes right into their shoulder. So they don't have like a, it's really hard to differentiate the head from the body and assassin bugs have a very obvious one. And I think there's exceptions to that rule, but I, I mean, you get by nine times. I was going to say with insects, there's always exceptions, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, for generalizations, it, it will certainly work. Yeah. And with assassin bugs, those are ones you obviously don't want to kill. They are predators. They're going to be feeding on other insects. So you kind of want to keep those in the landscape. But do you get pictures all the time? Like, is this a good guy or a bad guy? What should I do? That's the, that's like the number one. Well, number one is what is it? And then number two, is it good or bad? Like, well, give me more info, but yes, I always get asked (laughs) that. What's it doing? (laughs) And then can we talk also about how that word assassin bug, when I think of assassin bug, I'm thinking of a beneficial predatory insect that's feeding on a lot of my bad bugs, but some people will hear assassin bug and think of kissing bugs or sometimes they'll call them chagas bugs or even chagas beetles, but it's in the group with I guess with stink bugs also looks similar to an assassin bug is kind of a type of assassin bug, but doesn't feed on insects, feeds on the blood of anything that produces blood, really lizards, birds, humans. And those are kind of, you don't want those in your landscape. However, they are not going to be in your garden. You know, they do not feed on plants. Yes, but they do. I mean, if you don't look at insects all day long, like we do to me, it's very obvious, but that's what we look at, right? You show me two fish and I'm not going to be able to tell you the difference between the two fish because I don't do that. But to me, they're very different, but to, I think the majority of the public, they probably do resemble even leaf footed bugs, um, but especially many different types of assassin bugs. So think about the situation. Like, did you find it at night crawling out of your dog's bedding or, you know, crate? Did you, was it attracted to lights or was it on your tomato plants? And if it was on your tomato plants, then that's probably its host and not you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the leaf footed bugs that are eating your tomatoes, switching over and trying to suck your blood. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Or if it does, you know, the zombie apocalypse is right. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I know. (laughs) It's going to be years and years of, of, you know, decades, decades, eons of evolutionary changes to see that happen. I, you know, I think we forget it doesn't happen overnight. They're not just going to switch hosts just overnight in one generation, even. Yeah. It's going to take a while. Should people be worried about stink bugs and leaf-footed bugs? all the time. If they have them, should they panic or should they only be concerned if they're actually causing issues on something? I think always just if they're causing issues on things, because, you know, they could be feeding on cactus that's in this pasture far away or an oak tree, you know, as many as you see in the fall, you never really see damage to the trees. So it's part of nature. It's just part of the cycle of things. And sometimes you plant something that is their host and they will take advantage of that good situation. But by and large, you see a, you know, a green stink bug happens to land on a, on a flower or a plant in your landscape. It's just one, one bug can't possibly do that much damage, you know? So just, I, I think, wait until you see visible damage to the plant if you see a lot of them on a tomato plant, um, then I would try to hand pick them off for sure. But I think it's all about the situation and where you actually see them. I agree. I think a lot of times people get wrapped up in their gardens and it's like, oh my God, there's a bug. And it's like, well, yeah, that's where they live. And that's mm-hmm. the food that they eat. And 
you know, I, I just want to be like, let nature be nature. It's like stuff is going on, but if things get out of hand, then you might need to step in and kind of help it along and kind of get back in balance, but don't panic about things. It's just one of those, you know, appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know. Nature you know, is neat, right? Let nature do its thing. There's cool stuff to, to look at. And you know, speaking of cool stuff, stink bug eggs. Oh, they're so cool, aren't they? They are adorable. I love them. They are like little barrels and little spikes sometimes. And, and like Harlequin bug eggs, I think are so pretty with those black and white stripes on them. That's something that, that p- listeners need to Google is just like different stink bug eggs. Cause they are, they are pretty, pretty darn cute. <laughs> They're adorable. And then like when they, they open up, they pop off that little lid and they mm-hmm. come out and they're just like oh, a little so cute. submarine hatch or something. <laughs> Going back to when you were saying, you know, should you panic or not? I think also consider if it's, if it is your like vegetable garden, especially vegetable garden, much less so in the landscape, unless you have just like some annual flowers. But if it's the end of that tomato's life, you know, understand how much that fruit can, or that vegetable can give to you. And if you've gotten a fairly good yield off of it, then just, it's ready to die. You know, they're not meant to be cut back and come back and come back. You're supposed to pull them out of the ground and plant a brand new one. So if you're seeing a bunch of um, stink bugs on your plants, on your vegetable plants right now, you are kind of pushing into the later part of that life of it, depending on where you are in the state, I suppose. But it might just be an indicator that it's time to pull that crop up and put it out of its misery. Cause there's oftentimes, no matter what you do, you cannot kill enough of those stink bugs to make up for the damage that they're, that they've done or that they're going to do. That plant is just not doing anything more for you. That's kind of something that I find always with Harlequin bugs. When people have Harlequin bugs in the landscape, it's because they have, you know, some cruciferous something that has been there too long. And that kind of draws in those Harlequin bugs. And it's like, well, that's the problem. You need to get rid of that plant. And as soon as you do that, you know, the issue is going to be taken care of. But they're really cool to look at. They're pretty. (laughs) They are pretty. That kind of red and black and and the babies are even kind of pretty too. Even the eggs are pretty on Harlequin bugs. But I also notice people get bad Harlequin bug problems when they leave it in the ground too long, but also when they plant at the wrong time. Like use your, figure out what zone you're in and use those guides that tell you when your window is to plant those plants. I had a lady just the other week and she had radishes and I think she had collard greens or something and she was having Harlequin bugs all over them. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure it's way out of season for that stuff if we're in July. So you're not going to control them because those plants are so unhappy. Here in Texas, we are fortunate to have two growing seasons generally. Still, we have cool season crops and warm season crops. And so you need to make sure that you are planting those at the right time. So as Molly said, you know, get a planting calendar and kind of figure out what plants need to go in and schedule your stuff. And it may not give you the fruits and vegetables that you want at particular times of the year, but you're going to have to work with nature and what you got. And the heat we have in Texas. Never ending. So that's about all we've got on stink bugs. Um, Just to kind of summarize things. If you have them, you have them. They may not necessarily be a big issue. Just kind of consider the situation and what they've, what they're actually doing. They're not necessarily something to panic about. Lots and lots of different species of stink bugs. You could go on bugguide.net and go forever and ever and ever looking at all the different types. We hope you learned a little bit about some of the more common species of stink bugs that we see throughout Texas. And we'll be back in 
a couple more weeks talking about another pest that you might see in your landscape. Um, Signing off from Bugs by the Yard, I'm Molly Keck. And I'm Wizzy Brown. And we'll catch you next time.